Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. Today, because we're winding down from the big projects of Dungeons & Dragons, we thought it would be fun to look at a smaller project, about the projects. We'll be discussing D and Dizzle, a role-playing game that fits on a bunch of index cards and is about warriors and knights of old in the merry old land of Comptonia. All that and more on today's System Mastery. I am kidding, there is no more. Welcome back. It's System Mastery. It is. I'm Jeff. That's John. Yes, indeed. And uh, we... Oh, or should I say, yes and dizzle. Yes and dizzle. No, I don't think you should. No, I probably shouldn't. No. In fact, I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to. <laughs> Contractually. Mm-hmm. It's, it's in our contract with the One Shot Network. I'm not allowed to say... <laughs> It was a weird part of the of the contract when we finally got it. I mean, the weirdest part was the part where where James inadvertently tried to claim all of our T-shirt sales, but I think that was just because he was using a contract he had given to someone else before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Little well, does he know we have no T-shirt sales. When we were like, "Hey, man, that's our two dollars a month." <laughs> Maybe sometimes, every once in a while. Uh, then then he he uh, gleefully agreed to change the contract for us because he was so eager to sign us. So eager to get that hot talent. So eager to put us on board that it took him like a year to do it. Yeah. Uh, and and then it was like we were bugging him. Anyway, network stuff. How you doing, John? I'm real sleepy. Okay, well, can you we do We had me- a big old burgers. You want to monologue about that for a second? Because I just realized that the power cable fell out of my laptop, but I don't want it to fall apart. Oh, no. Okay, sure. Let me tell all the folks... All about what's going on today. My dudes and dudettes and non-binaries, we're reading Dean Dizzle, and it's it's on, like, flashcards. Man, you are real bad at me. Couldn't you have done some crowd work or something? You're the only one here. Yeah. What am I going to do crowd no, work Not with? once did you ask me where I was from. <laughs> is it your anniversary, sir? <laughs> yes, it is. It is my anniversary, and that's why I'm here. Thank you. Also, would you note that I have some chow- uh, I have a chowdery head, please? Please. Could that you- I am a chowdered head. Thank you. That would be great. Thanks. 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 Uh All right. So, here we go. The whole game is indeed printed on flashcard type thing. We got it off drive-through RPG, so e- each page of the PDF is a 4x6. Weirdly enough, uh, it's a fun gimmick. I don't I don't hate it. It looks like the whole company prints all of their games on flashcard size when they print them at all. That's very strange. Well, it's because they do small games, and I, I guess it... They it, do small games for small, small people. Yeah, for small folk. And that's the only people who can buy this. All these games are for hobbits. We had to rent a copy because we aren't... We aren't. You have to be at least this short to rent. <laughs> that's good at doing the <laughs> this short motion in the podcast so that everyone can see. Would you quit ruining the magic? <laughs> I was trying to create an illusion of a world where there was an audience in here that you could do some Theater crowd work of the on. Mind. <laughs> but every time you're like, no, we're just in a grubby bedroom. Uh, uh, no, this is how the magic trick works. It's a fake ball, okay? <laughs> anyway, it was in my palm. It's in my other palm. Here it is. <laughs> rings are apart. The rings are together. Oh. The rings are apart, okay? You are ruining a child's dream. <laughs> some child somewhere, probably. Uh, uh, yeah. So, 
yeah, I looked at what this company has done, and they've done a lot of games that are like this. They're like, oh, it's this simple engine that we came up with applied to uh, space or cowboys or something like that. This is the first one, and it's mostly just sort of a a, a gag uh, thing. It's it's just a it's just a bunch of jokes with a pretty simple engine bolted to it, and the the jokes are all that this is the, the medieval land of Comptonia, uh, where real OGs prowl the hood. Uh, to fend off the ghetto because there's monsters and shit and you don't want to catch hands so you gotta watch out for the royal popo because maybe they'll catch you around the cul-de-sac and that's where king pimperton lives and sweet mother of god why (laughs) so uh i mean it's it's a joke rpg book it's we, we try to avoid these, but this one was nice and short, and I'm going to give it that credit right off the bat. The first thing I want to say about this game is it gets its jokes, it gets out. It's not 800 pages long. I would not so much uh, like to laud it for that, but for the fact that it very clearly delineates with the font on the text what is someone talking in character about a game and what is actual game rules text oh yeah the opening of the book is right in there if you don't want to read any of the like all you bitches need is two dice motherfucker then you can just read the rules now that did make it hard to read the entire book because it's kind of like when you're trying to read lord of the rings and you keep coming across the massive collections of italics yeah and you're like oh geez i don't want to read the lay of baron and luthien i just want to get to the part where we get to the mines come on already but nope in, but we have to, so every time I'd be like, oh, an ugly font that's hard to read. Uh, I'm going to read all of it because I have to. <laughs> that's the job. Because that's the only part of this book that's relevant anyway. The rest of it's just a pretty simple D6 roll for a target number thing. 2D6. Indeed. Indeed, sir. Sir. Sir, indeed. Sir, this is a Wendy's drive-in. <laughs> sir, if I, if I may. <laughs> it's a Tommy's drive-thru, sir. Sir, would you like turn horrible, on your monitor? <laughs> would you like horrible chili on anything? Uh, I don't even know if that Tommy's that's in our neighborhood is a national chain or not. I have no. I've idea. never seen another one. I I don't know. It looks like a national chain. It's just you know kind of a crappy fast food joint that serves the most horrible gluey chili on a variety of things. Anyone? It's like worse than Wiener Schnitzel chili. Oh yeah, I would take a Wiener Schnitzel chili whatever over anything from Tommy's any day. But I have no idea if that's relevant to the vast majority of our listeners, because I don't know if there's Tommy's anywhere else. I don't know. I don't even know if there's a Tommy's in there. I went in the one time, and I was like, ew, oh, ew, no. I've never been in there. The only food I ever got was when someone brought it back. Oh, okay. And I was like, nope. Uh, Pass on this. This is bad. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Anyway. There are four stats that make up your character in the game of D&Dizzle. There are. Is that where you want to start, John, or do you want to start with more of like the history and the backstory of the world and stuff? I mean, whatever. Uh, our, our narrator for this game is a fellow by the name of Fat Warrior. Fat Warrior is going to be our constant companion throughout this book. Yeah, Everything he, in italics is from his point of view. Uh, he has opinions on just about everything in the game. Yeah, Fat Warrior is... Well, the... Like barely done pencil sketch of him is basically like if you gave fat albert some football pads yeah if fat albert lost 40 pounds got some football pads and was still carrying around a chicken wing 
That's oh, let's not say a chicken wing. That is a turkey leg. Fine. He's carrying around one of them fair, like uh, county fair turkey legs. Uh, and he just has generic opinions on everything in the book. But he starts the book off by telling you the basics of the world you should be getting ready to experience. Uh, diving into the world of yeah. Comptonia. Comptonia. So what's going on in Comptonia? Uh, it's basically your standard village for like a medieval village uh, called the ghetto, um, which is full of jokes. Yeah, the like the whole background it gives is there's like a king and it's King. Uh, well, current king is Sammy. OK, we're doing the background. Yeah. So King Sammy is the old king, and he was a good king, and he took care of the folks in the ghetto, and he cared about them. But then his son took over, King Smokey, and King Smokey only cared about one thing, and that was getting high. Yeah, he loved to blaze it, old school. Although this book seems really a little worried about just saying the names of drugs, because you never see the name. It's always just, oh, it's a secret stash. That's where he kept his materials that he would use to get high. <laughs> Oh, man, he's got a secret stash in the big-ass forest. The big-ass forest. That's where he keeps its secret stash. D did King Smokey. But King Smokey didn't care about the people and didn't do a good job taking care of them. So the kingdom went to crap, and then uh, up came King Pimperton. So King Pimperton uh, is real o OG from, from, the, from the, uh, the ghetto area of, of Comptonia, who... Who kept it real and was super hard. And uh, he, he came up from the streets and then took over. Yeah, he took over, uh, which honestly is kind of an interesting parable to discuss in the first place. This guy is, he's from the streets. He has, he, he understands street justice and he knows, he knows about how snitches get stitches and all, and all that stuff. But now he's in command of an infinite army of royal popo soldiers. Yeah, there, it's really interesting to see in the italics of this, like, as the book goes on, it's struggling to continue with the whole, like, yeah, pimps are cool, and getting money is is the real motherfucking deal. And then also it's like, yeah, and also he's the king, and he has the royal popo, and they'll come out, and they don't care about you or the ghetto. They'll beat your ass. All that they care about is protecting him first, then the cul-de-sac, which is where the castle is. Right. And then maybe if they got time, they'll look in over there. Yeah, so he's got himself a police force, which is a exceedingly corrupt police force that is just endless waves of dudes who will try to kill you. It's... Like, I understand, because it's trying to split between like i want the king to be a cool pimp and also hey fuck the police and it's very hard to watch the gymnastics this game does <laughs> to try and get both of those at the I same mean, time for the most part it just doesn't it's just like oh he gets to live in a cool castle and have a pretty daughter and and uh send people on adventures and stuff but also if you fuck around with his stuff he'll send wave after wave of policeman at you and you're like wait hold on does why would he even have policeman policeman wouldn't that go against the street code he had growing up yeah wouldn't he instead rely on the true ogs of the ghetto also is he in fact a pimp or is he just named pimperton well, if you look at the picture of him, he is indeed dressed as an old school seventies black exploitation pimp. I'll be honest, I do kind of that's the art in this book is um heartfelt. 
Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say childish. Uh, yeah, the art on this book belongs on the fridge. It really does. It is very much like, I'm doing scribbles. Yeah, so, but uh, I really like the idea they have of giving him a pimp crown that has the, the big tiger the, brim. The, the, and the giant brim. Yeah. yeah, the big brim, and then there's also a crown. That was kind of fun to see. I like that. Um, but it, I... <laughs> The book is oddly aggressive in some parts where it talks about, like, oh, he has a daughter named Fabula, and fuck you, he can name his daughter Fabula if he wants. You can go fuck yourself. And I'm like, I don't, who cares? I wasn't upset that he called her Fabula. Whatever. That's fine. Why, why are you getting so up in yeah. my business come, about this? Calm down, Fat Warrior. Whoa, hey. hey fat, Whoa. Fat Warrior. Jeez. Hey, hey, hey. I'm coming to your house if you got a problem with this. It's so weird. I don't that understand. was a weird part, yeah. Um, so anyway, Pemberton's got a daughter, Fabula. She's one of the sexiest women in all the kingdom. Boy, is she ever banging. Uh, but one time, a big-ass dragon, the big black dragon, came yeah. and kidnapped her. And that's when the whole thing fell apart. Pemberton used to be a good king, but when the dragon took his daughter away, he got obsessed with finding her and hired popo all over the place he sent his popo everywhere but also he posted bounties that were like hey bring back my daughter and you can straight marry her i will give you my daughter's hand in marriage if you bring her back and i do like that the thing in this book is while some adventurers were fighting the dragon at one point she just snuck out and left yeah and then she got super pissed off when she saw the posters saying that she's like fuck you you can't give me away as a prize yeah she got mad about it and has retreated to the big ass forest to live in hiding in rebellion in open rebellion of her father as robin hood robin in the hood in the hood uh because you see she robs the, the 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 rich parts of the hood to provide for the poor parts of the hood you see you see also she has a friend big joe who is her her constant companion who fights with the quarter staff and uh i don't whatever <laughs> <laughs> everything's fine i mean that's one of the lamer gags in the book but whatever it's fine she's robbing the hood or whatever yep certainly is yep and she lives out there and is actually prince fat or princess fabula would you believe that my goodness i mean yes it's one of the five npcs that has a name so yes i would now the <laughs> the person in charge of the game your dm is the bp or big pimp mm -hmm. and player characters are ogs or original gangsters indeed now the, the stated intent of the game is to basically a pay homage to 80s and 90s kind of hip-hop culture hip-hop culture uh i feel like it honestly plays a lot more heed to 70s and 80s exploitation pimp culture it really does because there's i mean there are some references to like uh 90s rap songs and things like that you, but yeah sure but the actual like in-game things like what's this oh it's a crazy hoe and yeah you got the pimp snake that what owns her and you're like what yeah it's it, it all feels like like the villains in particular feel retrograde like they were pulled up from the 70s uh which is an interesting choice and and plus there's the you sure you occasionally get a joke that references like like snoop dogg or something but for every time you get that you get two or three more that are about like the saints row video games or sonic the hedgehog or hogwarts it's very weird yeah i mean i, I don't i don't mind it honestly 
it's kind of like if a little chunk of our our own show had been written just out in i dialect the fat warrior parts and you know i dialect that you know that, that just means like written in in like accent mm. uh because a lot it's a lot of the same jokes that we would normally do shit about hogwarts being stupid because wizards don't make sense for the following reasons that kind of thing um it's just it, it's weirdly disconnected from the from the intent. Th- there's things about this book I like. The part where it's like, hey, th- we, we're going to start a first sentence. We're going to put in this book is we strongly con- con- uh, condemn sexism and, and homophobia. If you see anything like that, this book, then then <laughs> let us see, know. the The problem I have with it is, I know. Look, uh, language visualizations or themes of that sort were purposefully avoided. If you feel this book will encourage those sorts of things in you, please don't purchase it. I guess that, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Like, hey, if this book is going to enhance your idea of some racial stereotypes, don't buy it. It's not our fault. <laughs> We're just going to swing our arms, and if you get hit, that's your own fault. It's on you if you interpret this book in a way that makes you more transphobic. <laughs> this isn't for you, critics. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to throw this transphobia out here, and then you are free to interpret it however you wish. Death of the author. Uh, anyway, so yeah, there are some classes you can be that all one-to-one line up to some Dungeons & Dragons stuff. Yeah, basically you get the, the, the core four, you get your fighter, your rogue, your cleric, and so, your wizard. I mean, I'll just go down. No, no. You've got your doc. I said no. Which is your cleric. I reject this. <laughs> I reject your reality and substitute my own. Mm, very good. Uh, you've got freestylers, which are the bards. Mm-hmm. Uh, jackers are the rogues. Yep, yep. Street magicians are your wizards. Yeah, yeah. It's weird I, that they went with that. Like, you got to do David Blaine shit, apparently. Well, I don't know what they were going to do otherwise. I mean, that's the problem, is is wizards didn't really fit into the exploitation genre they were trying to shoot for. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even clerics don't, really. They had to go with street docs. Yeah, it's just docs. Yeah, not normally a part of the... Uh, of the genre either but you know they had to fit these things in and then uh thugs mm-hmm. are your fighters and trigger man is your ranger yeah i don't want you to think it's a ranger it is one for one with the fighter uh in terms of what it gets uh it's just that it uses ranged weapons instead of melee weapons there's nothing in there about how it's good with nature or tracking or anything no it's, it's just a ranged variation on the fighter pretty much yeah like when you first see it, you're like ah ranger right because he uses crossbows and Gets bonuses to crossbows, but that is it. That is where it ends. That is where it ends. Now, I will say this, uh, and no more. All of the stats and skills in the game are rated from one to three. Three is the maximum, so you have a very easily predictable curve because yes. everything is two d six plus stat and skill. Mm-hmm. So the most you could ever have is a plus six. Yeah, and the lowest you can have is a minus one, I believe, if you're untrained. Yeah, I think so. I think you can stack other minus ones. Like some of the weapons are inaccurate, for example, and give you yeah. an additional minus one. Um, like if you're trying to hit a guy with a garbage can lid and you're not trained in garbage can lid, you're probably rolling 2d6 minus two. So you got that. There's the four stats, like mm-hmm. Jeff mentioned. Yeah. Brains, brawn. Brains, agility, might, and soul. Brains, agility, might, and soul. And it says you get seven points to spend on the four of them, but you have to put one point in each of them. So really, you have and you can't three put, points to spend. And you can't put more than three in any given stat. So 
you have three points to distribute, and you can't put them all in one place. So what you have is a three in whatever your main class stat is, mm-hmm. and then a two in something. Yes. Or if you feel like really spreading it out, you can have a two in, two in a couple of things. But we wouldn't you, do, wouldn't. Well, you wouldn't do that, though. <laughs> so just in case you were curious. Uh, yeah, those are the, the classes. They all go to level seven. Uh, each time they gain a level, they gain very simple abilities. Yeah, there's every other level starting at, I believe, two is you get another yeah. ability point. Mm-hmm. Uh, every level starting at two is you get another skill point. Yes. And then uh, I think every other level starting at one, you get some abilities. Yes, that that's the way it works. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a spellcaster, if you're a doc or a uh, street magician, at each level, at each I think even level, you gain two new spells. No, it's odd, odd level. level. At each odd level, you gain two new spells, each of which you can cast up to three times a day. And... They are used like slots, so if I've got, you know, two level one spells, I can cast each of them three times a day, or I could just cast one of them six times if I wanted to. I didn't even know that. I thought it was. I thought they were restricted. Nope. Um, okay. And uh, you which can, is good because all, every time you see two spells, and it's only two spells. There's not. A, there's not a list to choose from. You get these two spells yeah. at each level. You, you get the level. You get those those two spells. When you read them, you're like, oh, that's the good one, and that's the useless one. Every time, yeah. every single time. And you can. Uh, trade, I think, up if you want, but, like, if I use a level one spell and use a level two spell slot for it, mm. it's not like I get two casts out of it, I just have to use that spell slot. Right, so you, but, and, and even then, that's probably going to work in your favor, because a few of the spells are just obvious enemy shutdown attacks, they're just things like, ah, you can't go next turn, monster. Yeah, which... The fact that you're like, what do you do? Uh, my turn is you don't take a turn. Yeah. Right. Good thing there's three more of us. This is going to be a fun combat. Yeah, but if you're like, oh, we're fighting like ten zombies, Goons. this is bad. This is a bad spell. It's bad if you're fighting a bunch of things, but it makes it so that you can't fight bosses in this game. Um, yeah. That's kind of a problem. If you ever fight a solo opponent, you're just like, because here's the thing. The spellcaster will eventually stop being able to do it. The bard, one of their abilities, I think they get it at level two, is free, is, uh, I forget what it's called, uh, battle rap. Yeah, rap battle. Rap battle is, uh, you, you, you target an opponent with this, they can't do anything on their next action. Yeah, you just spend an action to deny their next action. That's it. Uh huh. And there's no limit to the number of times you can do that, and there's no roll to hit with it. <laughs> so if you want to just be like, all right, we're fighting a giant monster, uh, it will never do anything. You three beat it to death. Yeah, that's a that's a thing you can do. I'm sure basically you're supposed to fix it with a, with the a DM being like, hey, guys, I'm sorry, the BP being like, hey, guys, don't do that. Don't use your class ability because it was not given a cap. <laughs> There's sort of a lot of stuff that doesn't seem like they really cared to think too much about it because they were like, whatever, it's a joke game. We don't need this to be balanced. Yeah, that's so true. there are things in there that you're like, this is bad. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, the uh, There's a weird thing for me where uh, the game also has a couple things where it contradicts itself, specifically initiative. Mm-hmm. So it has under initiative that normally you would have an initiative rating, and your initiative rating would just be your uh, like agility plus something. Thing. It's a skill. I forget which one. Yeah. Percept- awareness is the uh, one. Yeah, agility plus awareness. And yeah. that is your base initiative, yeah. and you don't roll anything. Mm-hmm. But then when you go down past the skills and get to the combat section, it says you instead roll 2d6 plus awareness, and that's what your initiative is. 
Yeah. yeah. And if you go to the monster section, the monsters all have an initiative rating. Yes. So they use the initiative rating system, but are they adding that to a 2d6, or what are we doing here? Yeah, I'm like, well... I mean, to be fair, as long as you're either rolling a 2d6 or not, it doesn't actually do much to the math. Like, if you're like, my initiative is 5, and that monster's initiative 6, the only difference to adding 2d6 is, is, okay, now occasionally I'll go first instead of I can't go first. Uh, I mean, the big thing is, it makes agility less important, because 2d6 plus awareness means... Anyone can put points in awareness, mm-hmm. and it's fine, but if you're just agility and awareness, it means the agility classes just go first, which I guess is what they were going for. Fair enough, yeah. I, there's other things I'm still not completely sure of. The Jacker, for example, is this game's thief. Uh, they get, like, a lot of their abilities are nebulous. They get, like, oh, I can backstab if I'm behind a target. How do I get behind a target? Eh, <laughs> and if, for, if they're, uh, their maximum, the highest level one they get uh, ability is now you can go into stealth and combat, but there was nothing in the in, otherwise in the get in the game that said you couldn't. Yeah, or how you would the the skills section in this is especially bad at the this is just a comedy game and we don't need to care because right. the mechanic is two d six plus stat and skill. There's no chart that gives you an idea of what difficulty ratings should be. No. So there's no guideline for like, oh, if you want someone to be able to, I don't know, find their way around in the big ass forest, that's a navigation role and your difficulty should be nine. Yeah. They don't say anything like that. So for anyone who's coming to this game, you're like, if I don't know probabilities or anything... I'm just going to have to start making numbers up out of my ass, and who knows if that's going to be good or not. Yeah, 2d6 plus a range of about 1 to 6 is the same de- uh, curve as like Iron Kingdom's role-playing games. So I've kind of got an instinctive sense that uh, the average base difficulty should be about a 12. But but then most of the things they show in the game are much lower than that. Yes. So instead of an armor class, you have your defense rating. Yes, yeah. And your defense rating, everyone has five plus agility plus armor. Mm-hmm. Armor at max goes up to plus four. Plus four, yes. And of course, none of your stats can go above three, so you get a plus three at max there. So that that's a seven plus. So it means so you, eight plus yeah. four. Four plus three plus uh, plus the maximum of your skill is another three, which means you can get as high as a ten. It's five. It's not skill. It's five plus agility plus armor. Oh, okay. Five plus agility plus armor. So five plus three plus four uh, for a total of a 12. 12 is the highest you can get. Yeah. And if you have... And yeah, if you have one of the skills that or magic items, you can magic up your armor and give it a plus one armor. Yeah. I mean, you can also increase your, your defense against ranged attacks by carrying one of the weapons that's also a shield. So you can get into the 13, 14 range by applying tricks to yourself. But even then, like, if you're saying, all right, I'm rolling 2d6, and because I'm not an idiot, I took three in my combat skill, and I have a maximum stat in my, my primary ability, so I'm rolling 2d6 plus 6, uh, my average roll is a 13. Yeah, your average roll 12 and a half, 13. higher than you can get to start the game. Yes. And it mm, seems a little goofy that that's the case, because... That's the only thing, like I said, we don't have a chart for difficulty. The defense rating is really the only 
uh, like numbers-based thing we really can go on. Yeah, there's no part where it's like, hey, what's the average skill for like finding a deer in the forest or something? You just you just kind of have to assume that the the DM will figure it out. Yeah, there is a sample adventure in the back, and I think throughout the entire thing there is one roll for a skill that is mentioned, and it's a difficulty 10, and that's it. Yeah, which you're very rarely going to miss. You have to roll a 4 or, le- or less than a 4 on your 2d6 to miss that skill in most well, situations. Well, if you're maxed on the skill. But why wouldn't you be is the problem. Well, you're you playing... only have a couple, because this isn't combat is what I'm saying. Right, no, skill I... skills. No, that's true. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Uh, so... <laughs> There's a few things you'll start to notice as you're building your way through. There's not a lot of choices you can make, so it's mostly just kind of fun. Uh, but cert- certain spells are just ludicrously better than others, so once you find the good one, you're just going to stick with it. Like the level one Street Magician spell is a choice between one that takes a monster's turn away or one that does a D6 damage. And that uh, take a monster's turn away or a D6 damage will eventually not matter because... They get like, oh, this spell does 2d6 now, or this spell does 3d6. Yeah. So they just sort of get better versions of it, whereas a lot of other people just get different things. The spells get powerful. Like, there's no weapon in this game that does more than a d6. So d6 plus 2 or 3 is usually, I think, a d6 plus 9 is as high as you can go as a fighter. Because one of the fight, or thug, because one of the thug abilities is you double the your your uh, contribution to damage from your might ability. So since you're playing a thug, you're going to set your might at three, which means you'd be adding three damage to your damage roll. But now you're adding six. And there are a few weapons, the biggest swords and so on, that already add three on their own. So you're looking at a d6 plus nine yeah, kind the, of as your damage cap. The heaviest one you can get is a nail bat for d6 plus four. Okay, there you have it. So ten. Yeah. D6 plus 10 is as high as you're going. Wizards can get up into the 2 and 3d6 range, but they can't build their bonus quite as high. So they, they do more variable damage. Yeah. Uh, Jack, or no, Jack, Freestylers, their basic ability isn't to attack things, but rather to establish a, a battle rhythm. When they do this, everyone gets plus one to hit and plus one to damage. Uh, as long as they're within like 15 feet of the battle uh, of the uh, Freestyler. Man, this is bad. I I hate that it basically went with like a third ed version of a bard was like, what do you do? Oh, you sit there and sing and everyone else plays the game. It goes with like an EverQuest version of the bard where you literally stand there and sing. Oh, yeah, because your first ability is drop a beat and you give plus one to attack and damage to everyone, but you can't do anything else while dropping a beat. Yes. Then you get the rap battle so you can not take an action so they don't take an action. So again, your skill is... Either I don't do anything and everyone else gets better, I don't do anything and that thing doesn't do anything, Uh, you get a plus five to knowledge rolls Mm -hmm. as another one, and then the last one is you can do an action to try and make everyone in earshot roll a brains roll difficulty five or lose their next action. So you can do an AOE, lose their next action, but it's 2d6 plus brains, difficulty five. (laughs) So... That's a bad ability. the The freestyler is just it's a lackluster. Bad. Uh, even that first ability, the one where it's like, "Hey, everyone within fifteen feet of me gets plus one to hit and does plus one damage." That is mathematically worse than just swinging with a stick yourself. Yeah, if you're like, "Hey, uh, I'm I just have a stick. It does a d six damage. Who cares? It's minus one to strike, but." But the accuracy in this game is huge, so giving everyone plus one to hit is really not that big of a deal. No. 
the plus one to damage is like, oh, I could give, if I have three other people in the team, and they all hit, which they basically will, mm-hmm. that's plus three damage, or I could swing and get plus D, D6 plus my might score in damage. Yeah, and pretty much guarantee that I'm hitting for more damage than I handed to everybody else. Yeah. Uh, which is... Yeah, Freestyler was not well designed. It's a, it's a bad choice. No. There's also some weird questions that come up from the Freestyler. Uh, one of the things that they are carrying in their starting equipment, their, uh, what is it called, yo shit? Or yeah, starting shit. Starting shit uh, is a lo-fi mic, which is the, the, uh, the weapon they use for their bardic abilities. Uh, it doesn't say what it does. in. It, it's not a weapon. It's in the item section, and it says, basically, uh, Freestylers need this to use their abilities, and it can be used to deal feedback damage, one feedback damage to everyone in a 10-foot radius. But it doesn't say how or what kind of action that is or if you roll for it or anything. It just says it's just listed under the item that you can use that to deal a, a point yeah. of feedback. We don't know. What- it doesn't. The, the problem is it doesn't say use an action to yeah. deal one damage to a 10-foot area around them. It just says it amplifies the voice times two and can cause feedback to deal one damage to we a 10-foot area around them. We also don't know what amplifying the voice times two is. I mean, I guess it well, just Well, the hi-fi it... mic amplifies the voice times three. But we don't know what, what the... Does that mean that it goes your voice goes farther? Does it increase the range of your abilities? Well, what given we that they didn't say what voice range is, and one of the freestylers' ability is opponents within earshot yeah. it would be nice to know what earshot is yeah it's it's it, it feels i mean sure it's a joke book and it's a little one at that but it's it seems like it's missing some important connective tissue yeah there's <laughs> there's a lot of bits in here where you're like you uh you just didn't come back to this later did you no no they made it they made decisions and stuck with them i mean again we talked about this before we started the review today but the uh the threads you begin the game with because it like we were saying you start with some starting shit in the game everyone starts out with generally a set of armor uh a weapon of some kind usually either a stick or if you're the freestyler a lo-fi mic Mm -hmm. uh a swag bag which is your adventuring gear it's like a tent and a bedroll and whatnot super basic and then everyone starts with whack threads so whack threads implies that your character begins the game dressed very poorly, uh, with with threads that are that are uh, not impressive and actually impose a minus one on any socialized skill rolls you make during the game. Indeed. Now, <laughs> the problem with that is when you go to the item section, there's whack threads and it's minus one. There is no regular threads there's no regular threads it goes from whack threads to i think it's fly threads uh which give you a plus one to socialize and that's it yeah which, banging threads is banging the other thread. one there ba- we go banging threads yeah so so if you have banging threads which cost 50 gold then you can you get a plus one to all your socialized rolls if you have whack threads you get a minus one there's no middle ground which means, and there's no rules for anything else in the game. Yeah, which, given that it says that you start with whack threads and that's an item, you're like, I don't wear them. I don't wear them. I, I am naked because naked does not have a socialized penalty associated yeah. with it. I will rather run around the ghetto dick in the breeze than mm-hmm. put on these whack threads and everyone will like me better for they'll, it. They'll like you a small amount more because you're naked, which, you know, it's true in life. You always... It's so you're always happy to see a random naked person running around, just like just running just, around, just like hey, I'm naked for no reason. You're like, yeah, you go, buddy. I'm not going to adjust my socialized role based on the way I I feel about your current nudity. There's also some plain language stuff in some of the spells, like 
the dock gets purity, and purity removes any negative effects. That's all it, it says. It doesn't tell you what a negative effect is. Yeah. I mean, it's useful, though, because when you go to the game's medicine skill, like in the skill section, it the medicine skill comes with a little description from uh, from Fat Warrior where he's like, hey, yo, sometimes yo get busted up in yo shit with bullets or whatever, and, and the street docks the person, a friend in need, and the time hits you like that. And what does it do? It You can roll it to determine how many hit points a person is currently missing from their total, and that's it. Yeah. You can't fix it. You can't stabilize unconscious people. You can use it to determine how many hit points a person is supposed to have and how many they have right now. And it's... <laughs> It is, uh, you can use it on an unwilling target, which cr- increases the difficulty to 12, so you can be like, hey, uh, how many hit points does this guy have left? You can oh, just so you- sort of make a roll to do that. So it's just the scan spell in Final Fantasy in addition to the uh, the basic thing? Because the basic version of it is worthless, because you'd be like, well... Yeah, I'll- for a willing target, it's just difficulty 8 to do the Why same thing. Why is there thing. a difficulty at all? If you're like, I'm going to examine the fighter, see how many hit points he has left. I have 7. Oh, right. Open oh. information. I forgot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can just tell me. Uh-huh. Yeah, now the heal skill doing literally nothing but showing what the hit point value is is real weird and bad. <laughs> it doesn't do it. You can't use it to heal people. And because there's nothing in this game about how your hit points are hidden secret information, 90% of the time it doesn't do anything at all. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because the way skills work for points is every class starts with four skills that they have one rank in. Mm -hmm. Then you have a number of points equal to your brain's stat to put into other skills if you want to. So, you know, as long as your brain stat is two, you can max out at least your combat skill right Mm -hmm. from the start or something. Yes. The problem with that is the dock starts with heal and since it doesn't do anything you basically have a wasted point yeah uh it's kind of sad i mean it's the same thing like oh i have the crafting skill what can crafting do oh it just says you can craft stuff yeah there's a thing for it crafting is a skill in and of itself but also wizard or sorry street magicians get a craft magic item ability which does more useful stuff well yeah because that lets you get something and actually enchant it and eh, any item there are only weapon armor and trinket slots yeah each one can have one magical effect on it Mm -hmm. and there is a list for each slot what you can put on anything there yes so it'll be like oh this can get like plus one armor or plus one to a skill or whatever Right, so uh, and that makes the, uh, the the spellcaster in the game particularly valuable because he can shore up everyone's equipment. There's no limit to the number of things that the spellcaster can create. It just says that when he does it, it costs half the value of a magic weapon to do that, uh, to, and, and then that's it, which means you could theoretically retire your wizard after you hit uh, the level where you can make magic items and after you've like geared out your, your uh, squad. Yeah. But, uh, you know, why would you do that? That's not in the spirit of the game. Uh, so, uh, then they get into a, there's a whole like history of the world section where it like breaks down a little map. Uh, you live in the ghetto, which is a walled off section of kind of tenements, uh, that is adjacent to the city dump, which has become where monsters live. Yeah. The black dragon went over there, dug out a cave in the mountain of garbage and started summoning monsters from places. Yeah. So... 
Now the entire dump is full of monsters that have been leaking out Mm -hmm. both into the forest and there's a fence around the ghetto and they've been like climbing over the fence. Yes. Now, all the monsters in this game, except for the dragon himself, are summoned. Uh, it's, uh, it's specifically, if they're any kind of monster that's not a human, they are a summoned monster. Uh, and that's because the, uh, the, the dock has the ability, I believe it is, to banish them for a while. Yep. He, he, he basically has the abjurability. Yeah, or turn undead, whatever you want to call it. It can, it can fire them back to their home dimension, uh, and they can't come back for 48 hours. Although, thing is, if you're like, I abjure the goblin... Oh, oh no! I can't summon that goblin back. What a what a sad story. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, at least it's a spell that for any summoned monster is an auto kill. Uh, yeah, essentially. You know, and seeing as how all the monsters are summoned, it's uh, it's a hell of a deal. Uh, well, all the ones that aren't like transformed humans and stuff. So the next thing you learn about is the big ass the the, the road. The long road, which is a five-mile walk. Yeah, uh, it's a five-mile road. The five-mile road, which is a five-mile walk from the ghetto to the cul-de-sac. The cul-de-sac is where rich people live, and it all goes through the big-ass forest. Uh, yep, the- and the big-ass forest, you better stay on that road, because there's wolves and bears and shit in there, as well as OGs that have turned bad and have become bandits. Mm-hmm. Those bad OGs, which sometimes become regular bandits and sometimes turn into, like, rat people. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. Well, uh, there's... Hood Rat is a... Monster type. A monster, and it's the black dragon turned an OG into a rat dude. Yeah, because that rat dude sold out to the black dragon, and in reward, he was turned into a rat man. Yeah. Uh, the monsters in this game are uh, more or le- The last thing we really need to talk about, and they are a repository of tropes so i want to go before we get into that let me get into the black dragon itself sure let's talk about them he's one of the monsters i'm willing to accept this before we get into the horrible tropey ones there's the black dragon and you know this is supposed to be like the big boss of the game i mean it has a defense rating of 16 so you'll finally actually be using your stat skill to its max like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe you'll even need that plus one you, you, from dropping a beat. You might actually miss. Although, I mean, get to the next thing, please. Well, his <laughs> his 500 hit points. There it is. That's the next thing. Uh, and his claws do D6 plus 20 damage. So here's the thing. Your character has a number of hit points equal to their... Uh, hit points per level. Hit points per level, which is like the highest one, I think, is the warrior. Seven. Seven. Yeah. And then at, uh, at first level, you add your, uh, is it brawn bonus? Your might. Might bonus. You add your might bonus to them. So if you have a might of three, if you're a warrior, you'll have ten hit points. Uh, each level, you add your hit points per level again. Yep. So you're going to get to at max 52 hit points 50- at seventh level. That's the absolute best you can do. Which means you can take... Two hits from the Black Dragon. <laughs> uh-huh. And that's if you're the biggest, beefiest warrior. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, however, <laughs> you're still, at that level, you're still swinging at him for maximum, I'm assuming a magic weapon and a bonus, a D6 plus 12. So you're going to have to hit him a lot. Yeah. That said, you don't need to worry about it because he's just a monster. So if you bring your, your uh, freestyler along, he will never do anything to you at all. Yeah. There's nothing that says that the Black Dragon is unaffected by spells. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it doesn't have anything in particular that stops stuff from working. So all you do is walk in there. Your freestyler is like, hey, Dragon, uh, even if you get initiative on us. You'll get initiative once. You will hit someone for a D6 plus 20. That'll suck. And then you'll never do anything. And we will very slowly kill you. Yep. You won't even be able to go away because moving in this game is your action. Uh, you can tell that because one of the thug abilities you get is you can move and attack this oh, round. Oh, no. You get you get a, a free move, but running is if um, you want to move and okay. move again. It's still, so, I, does running count as your action? Does that mean if you run up to the dragon and take its turn away, then all it can do is run from you? Or does it mean it can't it do shit? It means it can still move okay. its speed, it just can't double move. Okay. Because everyone gets a free move. You gotta chase the big fucker. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's just gonna move his speed. You move your speed, Mm -hmm. hit him. Well, is he faster? You're just gonna walk after him. Well, it says he can fly at 40 feet around. It doesn't say what regular players get for speed, so I don't know what that means. I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, the whole can fly at 40 feet around, I don't know if that's an action or just what he can do, because it doesn't give him a land speed at all no so i mean they make a big deal about how he's a dragon by way of being a snake with wings so maybe he literally doesn't land maybe and in that case it means he's incapable of being beaten because he's just gonna be like oh you started the whole freestyle thing okay i'm gonna go fly up into the air Mm -hmm. and uh i'm gonna wait for this to fall off to the point where i'm out of ear range and then I'll come back down, have initiative, hit you, and then fly back up. Yeah. And this is, instead of it being, we're going to take away all your actions and grind you down and it'll take forever, it's, I'm going to spend forever flying up and down hitting you. What you need is to go find I probably one of the, the uh, street magician spells that's like, hey, you can't move now. I froze you in place. There, now we can win. Very yeah. slowly. But that, of course, you can only do three times a day. Uh-huh. So the ideal party is one freestyler and a bunch of wizards. <laughs> uh, uh, so the rest of the monsters, uh, the, I guess to finish off the Black Dragon, uh, he just has everything at three. Like he has all the skills at three. Yeah, but his stats are higher than that. The one problem, and what I was going to mention is, the book goes on and on about how the Black Dragon can summon monsters and do all these things. There's nothing about that in his profile his only ability is he can cast all of the dock and street magician spells two times a day Mm -hmm. uh great which also means he can shut down your freestyler if he goes first yes he can be like all right Uh, oh i got initiative because i'm the black dragon i'm gonna use the spell from the street magician that says you lose your next turn freestyler yeah but that cost me my action so then they beat on me and then it goes to the next round what do you do then (laughs) uh that again i guess uh so anyway yeah well honestly just basically a game that has you lose your next turn is one of its combat abilities uh, is they've it's a mistake you know you shouldn't do that yeah especially when it means you don't do anything because it's basically hey did you want to play optimally it means you don't get to play everyone yeah. else does you just say hey he doesn't do anything and then you sit with your thumb up your ass everyone gets gives you a high five but realistically you're i mean you chances are you're the most important contributor to the fight but it isn't any fun no you don't do anything you just say hey every round i do this and i'm gonna go <laughs> yeah <laughs> assume my character does this let me know if i die or get cool loot uh, uh okay so the other monsters now the next page literally right after the black dragon is the crazy hoe the crazy hoe 
is crazy hoe. Uh, like straight up, it's it, it does make a big deal about how it's equal opportunity, and there are crazy man hoes too. Yes, even the men hoes will scratch up yo shit. Those nails ain't just for looks. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. And uh, the ratings for monsters are chump gangster and bad motherfucker so mm-hmm. that's the level range and there's a lot of bad motherfuckers i would have figured it was just the 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 black dragon but no there's there's several more of them yeah i think throughout the whole thing there's three yeah crazy hoes are chumps yes uh they are designed to easily be dispatched and they are often found in the employ of the pimp snakes <sighs> pimp snakes are <laughs> gangster level yeah and they're basically yuan tea with pimp hats on that control crazy hoes yeah it's uh imagine some naga had a fur coat on and a diamond tipped cane and they can summon crazy hoes yeah and they have an ability that lets them they, their canes have an ability built into them and let them command hoes yeah they can call up to d6 crazy hoes to their side to aid in a fight mm-hmm great and right after Crazy Ho, once you're once you're shaking that loose, I mean, there, there's not much to them beyond the name, uh, the pretty bad art, and their one ability, take one for daddy, where they can, if they're within ten feet of their pimp, they can take damage for the pimp. Yes, great. Mm. And once you're past that, the next one is the Dragula, which is a drag queen vampire. Yep. They're hella aggressive and know how to throw down like a big dude with all the fashion sense of a lady. Dragulas survive on a diet of blood and hairspray. Great. Mm. See, I feel like they didn't quite get too offensive with the Dragula. Like, they're, they're, they admit that they're pretty good looking, that they are badass. But it's, I feel like, <laughs> I, I, you just, you, you weren't supposed to put it in there. It's, the I mean I don't, know how to, I don't know how to say that right. There's a lot of things in here where it seems like they went, oh, uh, I saw this in like some '80s film that was you know popular for hood culture. Well, yeah, like I was saying, a lot of this feels like it's just based on Friday or I'm going to get you, sucker. Yeah, and they're like, oh, I'll put that in there, but then they realize that they're like, oh, this is probably going to be kind of offensive if we put it in there. Let's treat this with the most kid gloves we can. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, when you realize you probably shouldn't put it in there, don't put it in there. I'm, I'm sure that they were so happy with the with the concept of Dragula as a name that they were like, well, we got to we, we can't not do it. Got to go in there. Well, why don't you just make it a cool race car then that, that digs through ditches and <laughs> burns the witches? Yeah, that's that's what it should have been. Uh, you also have the Crolem, the Chrome Golem. Crolem, the Chrome Golem, which sounds like it should be one dude. Yeah, but, but it is no. not. It is a it is a species of golems that are made of chrome and are reflective. Yes. Uh, you've got floating eyeballs. Just beholders. Uh, you've got various bandits. You have probably my favorite in he- thing in here, the Ghetto Leprechaun, <laughs> and reference to the movie leprechaun in the hood yeah with a bit at the end it's like who ain't seen that film uh, everybody's seen the leprechaun say yeah <laughs> yeah it's great it's a little reference to the leprechaun there's references to a lot of fun things in here like in the npc list there's one guy who's clearly the the uh the author of this book saints row character like you know how in saints row two like three and four you had to create the boss and play yeah. as him that he very clearly took his own boss and just put him in as an npc that's running around in the world it's a character named Purple Face McGee. Okay. 
uh, it says you can tell because he's like, oh, this guy was uh, he was so free spirited that he was like, fuck the man, I can be whatever color I want. And he permanently dyed his skin purple. Get a load of that shit. Also, he started running a gang called the Fourth Street Angels. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I was like, oh, that's just your fucking fourth, your, your uh, Third Street Saints character, isn't it? What? You named your guy Purple Face McGee. What? Uh, let's see. There's Medusafarians, which is great. They used to be the followers of a chill religion that the Black Dragon magicked into having snake dreads. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, their power is turned to stoned. Uh, yeah. All right. You get a minus one to all brains-related roles and get the munchies. Yeah, well, uh, there's too much munchies jokes in here, but okay, sure. There's a lot of Wu-Tang references in here as well. Anytime mm-hmm. anything is like, athletics, you be jumping around like Wu-Tang shit. Yeah. Okay, great. That's barely a Wu-Tang reference. Yeah. Uh, ninja MCs, they're crazy on the mic and know all that Wu-Tang kung fu shit. Yeah, just mentioning Wu-Tang is not a really good Wu-Tang reference. If you want it, put a, put in there that there's a gravel pit in the big-ass forest or something. Make some kind of actual joke about what the Wu-Tang do and not just that their name implies kung fu stuff. Yeah. One of the anim- or one of the monsters in here is just pit bulls. Yeah, they just straight up put pit bulls in there. Well, Ugh. I mean, half the monsters in this are based on homie figurines, so why not? Sure, why not? Yeah. You got some weak-ass goblins and the royal popo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the, what are they called? The, the zombie equivalent in this game. The dead head, undead heads. Undead heads, which are basically just your meth heads or tweakers that, that have become slow and unresponsive to the point where they might as well be dead. Yay. Yeah. So uh, there you have it. You run around and fight those monsters and... Uh, acquire fat loots including some named magic items we didn't go over uh but they're pretty simple there's a uh, most of them are just joke versions of of uh D magic items you know they'll be like oh it's the the bag of holding yo shit which is uh, a bag of holding that we oh it's bigger on the inside your shit always come back out hey it's <laughs> there's one of the named items is actually in the, the adventure the adventure which is uh, King Sammy's Cup, which is a big pimp goblet that instantly heals you to full HP twice a day if you drink from it. Very powerful. Yeah. In fact, at the end of the adventure, it goes, hey, uh, if you think this is too powerful for your people to have, just give them some other shit. Who cares? Yeah, who gives a fuck? I mean, that is a very powerful effect. Uh, And he constantly used it to sit around the house drinking gin and juice ah yes indeed. i mean i shouldn't here's the thing i was just saying i want wu-tang song references instead of just mentioning the band's name a bunch of times so in this case when they mention gin and juice instead of mentioning the band that performed it, or the, the group that performed it i should be giving them some credit so i will yeah i mean that happens a few times like when they're talking about the uh like day that king pimperton took over they're like oh it was a, a clear black night with a clear white moon. I'm like, okay, great. You got some regulators references in there. Yeah, good. Why not? They should have told us his castle had 36 chambers in it. They should have changed the spell that the uh, wizard can cast called Freeze to, I don't know, Funky Cold Medina. <laughs> That's. Okay. <laughs> sure, why not? How come there isn't an NPC in this game that's a girl named Poison? So there could be a section about how that girl is Poison. That girl is Poison. <laughs> Nothing. Not in any of here. That's sort of one of my big problems with this is I was like, you didn't go far enough. Yeah. If you were going to do this, don't just make 
a broken game that you slapped some like lowest common denominator barely trying jokes onto Mm -hmm. you know put some effort in that's kind of where i'm at like like that's my i'm the least qualified person to judge a game about whether or not it properly hits the marks of of celebrating 80s and 90s urban culture but even i'm like hey where's all the stuff i was expecting would be in here (laughs) yeah given that so much of this uh like we have been saying seems to come out of like black exploitation films it's very i'm gonna get you sucker like i kept looking for biggie and tupac like like east coast west coast sort of like uh controversy stuff and that's not in there at all no i mean the closest you even get is an npc named huff daddy yeah there's a huff daddy uh i like the other npc the one that goes by dice bag and he's like a, a merchant or something and everyone calls him d-bag and he, he and also I, I did appreciate the one npc who's the only orc in the kingdom and, and uh why is there one orc fuck you don't worry about it fuck you i'm an orc uh, who cares yeah uh but yeah there i mean i was just expecting to see if it was going to be based on the, the topic that the book sets forth on the first page it's like hey this is our pian or our homage to 80s and 90s hip-hop culture because both of us the author of this book and then the publisher of the book came up in various kind of uh like uh ghetto environments and we want to celebrate that that past i'm like okay we'll do it yeah i was just looking through the npcs and i saw one of their various gymnastic things to try and get around the whole like oh we made pimperton the man Mm -hmm. which was adding in lord fappington the third who is one of the people who lives on the cul-de-sac and is super into the police Mm -hmm. and i'm like Okay, but it, they're not his. No, like they, as much as he might be like, yes, I want the police to go stop all of these people from the ghetto. He's not in charge of them. He doesn't run them. I mean, in summation, King Pimperton is the land of contrasts. <laughs> Every episode. Every single episode. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the book's fun. I don't. Th- some of the jokes I was appreciative of. I, I I didn't. This book knows how to do a comedy thing. It gets in and it gets out. Uh. But I feel like this is a situation where I wanted to see a deeper dive. Yeah. I mean, for me, I don't think a lot of the stuff really hit. Most of it was just like, let me reference a thing. Uh And I'm like, yeah, this is pimps. I'm like, okay, if you had tried to actually put good references in there, make... You know, instead of just having all the spells be like, freeze, burn, crush, and you turned them into stuff that actually was either songs or references. Yeah. Tried to make this feel a little bit more like that, because honestly, I know that the the author of this uh, grew up in the projects in Washington. Yeah, he grew up. I forget specifically where in Washington. Rainier, yeah. I think. Yeah. But... It it honestly feels like someone that was just on the outside looking at hood culture wrote this mm. because it is the most Surface top level, level yeah. like stereotype things you might know about. Yeah. That you're like, oh, I have heard the term a hood rat. And of course, pimps and hoes. These are things I know. And nothing else made it into game text. I feel like you just wrote a rap song. I have heard the term hood brat. Pimps and hoes, these are a few of the terms I know. <laughs> these are a few of my favorite things. 
Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I, I understand where, where, the, where the issue lies with that. Like, you can go very deep into urban hip-hop culture and go too deep and, and miss your audience. If you're, because you're selling to an audience of, let's face it, it's it's going into a D and D audience. It's it's the people who made this game may be POCs, but the people they're trying to sell it to, largely guys like that look a lot like us. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna say they're, they're probably trying to hit a market. I mean, they want the game to sell, which means they can't put in too many references where people are like, I don't know what this is. I have never heard of Grandmaster Flash. Ah. <laughs> uh. I it's, mean, I'm just saying that it's from a, a, it's a sad part of the market because I know they kickstarted this, and that's the only reason that this exists. Yeah, yeah. And with that, I feel like you could at least get away with doing more in-depth stuff because you know you already had yeah the market there and you had the money and you could put it out. That's true. Part of the whole Kickstarter thing is you could sell the, the thing you would like. You can be yeah. like, hey, we want to finally do a game that, that really dives deep into, into this particular slice of life between these years. Uh, and, and then you can tell your listeners, hey, this is going to go deep. This is going to reference people you may not have heard of. Uh, this is going to be about the rap game. And not just the parts that like Snoop Dogg talks about from time to time. Uh, it, then your audience can be like, "Hell yeah, that's that's what we've been wanting the whole time." Yeah, and I mean that way you get away from things like the the whole like police king pimp thing. Well, like, yeah, you don't have to have that. You could have just made instead of it being like, "Oh, it's King Pimperton," you'd be like, "Oh no, it's actually the man." Yeah. Yeah, and the other the, the pimp stuff in particular, like notably your base attack in this game, if you have to swing with just your hand, is called your pimp slap. Yeah, and again, we talked about this. I forget when this last came up, but it came up it, with something we were talking about. Where remember when pimps were funny and everyone was like, "Ha ha ha, pimps!" Oh, pimps! Oh, pimps. And, and now we're all to the point where we're like, pimps fucking suck. They're like the the thing that keeps the sex industry from being safe. Yeah, no, there was oh, also men. There was a point where mostly because of things like uh people not really being part of the culture but seeing stuff like black exploitation films so like huggy bear and oh yeah. hey look at that it's it's some guy dressed up super ostentatiously oh what a funny clown he is what an interesting walk he has developed oh my and then once people are like oh wait a minute these are a abusive controlling assholes that are slave drivers are like literally slave drivers. they're abusive sexual slave drivers and we're like haha they have goldfish in their shoes yeah and it's why i'm like you could get away with this maybe if this was written in like the early 90s Mm -hmm. but this was like two years ago (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean I understand there's not too much a pimp game must be strong type language in this book. And there is that opening thing where it's like, hey, we, we can uh, condemn homophobia. We condemn uh, sexism. Uh, I feel like they needed to do more to address that. Uh, pimp snakes are, to be fair, the villains. They're monsters. But also you have the good King Pimperton. Yeah. And all the heroes are, are described as pimps from time to time and attack with pimp slaps and pimp canes. Yes. So that's in summation. <laughs> Uh, uh, my pimps are too powerful for you, Charlie. Oh, God. Yeah. That's right. We're bringing that one back. If you're going to do your shit every episode, I'm going to bring the fucking potion seller back. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, John. What would you say is your favorite thing about D and Dizzle? Uh, I would say my favorite thing is I had mentioned this before, but I really appreciate in any 
comedy game having a clear separation of rules text and funny joke narration. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, we were joking around with that earlier. I mean, saying the freeze spell in this game should be called Funky Cold Medina. But the fact that it's just called freeze is useful because we've re- reviewed games before where it's like, I would like to hit that guy. I will roll my swing extra nasty pointy thing skill. Yeah, I appreciate having a separation of rules and theme text, but also making it so that just on glance, you can tell the difference because the rules text is just basically like Times New Roman. And then all of the like in character text looks sort of like it's trying to be in a printed cursive. Mm-hmm. So having that available means if I'm trying to find something in the book, I don't have to scan through a bunch of jokes to get to the point where I find the rule. Yeah, Fat Warrior's di- uh, dialogue throughout the book is basically found- determined by opening up Word and being like, which font is ye old medievalist? <laughs> ah, verily, this one. This one is called Block Cursive. Uh, so yeah, I would I would say that decision is my favorite thing in this book. What about you? Um, okay, I'm going to say my favorite thing about in this book is a few of the enemies uh the the uh, that that are funny and well thought out uh the trying to remember one of the ones i actually appreciated i like the chrome golems uh i i liked the uh the the zombie deadhead the deadheaded zombie types the undeadhead and and they uh the what are they called the medusafarians yeah I, I thought some of them were okay sure a lot of them are weak or stereotypical but and shoot the medusafaria in, in in and of itself is a super stereotype sort of uh, it's ha- it's a half of stereotype um but i i thought they were fun and clever and i didn't i didn't hate them and it'd be fun they'd be fun fights for a for a party i mean at least the medusa farian i'm like you hit on a couple levels because you're like hey you you made dreadlocks into snakes and then you also made it so that yeah medusas turn people to stone there's two jokes turned it to stone look you you did more than one thing there's more than one joke in there but then you compare that to the crazy hoe and you're like "Oh." oh what do these guys do they attack you with their nails they have a special attack where they can tug your weave. Thanks. All right. Uh, they get real angry if they hurt their dick hand. Yeah. You don't want to try to snatch their weaves. Uh, yeah. So that that's just about, ha- about a third of the monsters are my favorite part of this book. What would you say is your least favorite thing? Uh, I mean, the worst thing in this book is honestly how slapdash it feels Mm, yeah for something that at the beginning takes two pages of like writer text saying this is how i grew up this is you know when i got out i got into gaming and that really meant a lot to me and i'm trying to blend my two loves and this and it's this intro to a book where you're like oh this is a passion project for someone trying to do this and then you get in there and it really just looks like someone farted this out over the course of like a week yeah the problem is he's like these are my twin loves my my, uh my growing up in the projects and my uh my love of role-playing games and i really want to honor them both by vaguely intimate referencing wu-tang clan and i'm gonna get you sucker for a couple of pages you're the like, problem no. is you're like, my dude, you're trying to bring these two loves, and for the, like, hood hip-hop side, you're going very 
base, high-level nonsense. Mm -hmm. And then for the role-playing side, you have not done any editing or work or anything because this is missing so many rules and references and things that would make an, an RPG good. Yeah, and I'll say I'll, I'll say that that's basically what my least favorite thing about this book is as well is is that there's a, a, a kind of like a lack of care. It's almost you can almost it's teetering between the the jokes and the rules and either side they're using the other side as the excuse they're like oh the book's a joke book so the rules don't have to really make a lot of sense or it's a D game so we don't want to go that deep into the uh into the references to to hip-hop stuff and the end result is meh yeah it's just it's bland on both counts yeah and that's my biggest problem with this is if you're gonna do something at least make it interesting in some way you can do it so that it's interesting because you turned this game into a decent game you've got decent rules you started out with a 2d6 base that gives you a decent curve to start with you lowered the numbers down you really got drilled down to a point where you're like oh you could have controlled this math yes and no. you see that and then it just doesn't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing, like, you see all of this hip-hop and black culture references, but it doesn't do anything with it. And it's and the it just feels disappointing stuff. all over the place. I mean, it's just pimp cups and pimp canes and stuff. There's, I, there's, not, there's nothing super interesting to really get your... Like, I would have loved it if one of the armor suits you could get in this game is, like, Missy Elliott's puffy garbage bag <laughs> armor suit. That lets you float on water, and but unfortunately you can't wear it if it's raining. Hmm. Uh, that kind, of, that kind of thing would have been rad. So anyway, there you go. Would you play it? This game? No. This I game mean, of games. It's. It feels very much like it would end up being kind of boring. There's not enough for any player to do, even if you were like, "Oh, we're going to take this setting and do something else with it, and really go deep into it." We're going to try and make something cool out of this. The base system has so many problems and so many things missing that you would have to house rule that there's no reason to. Yeah. But let me ask you a follow-up question. Would you, could you play this game in a limousine? Would you, could you with salt and pepper and Heavy D? <laughs> uh, I would, but then it was all a dream. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, anyway, check us out in Word Up Magazine. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I would consider playing this as like a convention game uh, where I'm willing to kind of loosen up the rules a little bit and let people have fun and throw dumb ideas out because it's only three hours and you're never going to see these people again. Uh, but and, and, and but it, I really wouldn't want this to be a con game because that's the kind of shit where you're going to get randoms in there and... Ooh, you're yeah. going to get a, a bunch of random white guys that are like, hey, this is my opportunity to say the N-word, right? Oh, oh, wait, is this a chance for me to say racist things? Oh, boy. I And even if you were like, oh, I'm going to run this at a convention, I've written a huge list of like references to rap songs and, and interesting people from that era, and there's a bunch of stuff about like producers and hip-hop culture and branding and so on, and then I sit down at my table and everyone's like, what is any of this? I don't like rap or country. And you're <laughs> like, oh, no. Why did I work so hard? Ugh. So you really have to know your audience, too. And it's it's just it's such a tightrope of a walk. You'd have to get to a point where this game is super playable. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, I wouldn't want to run this as a white person. I wouldn't want to run this 
for white people at a convention. And honestly, if I was a person of color, I wouldn't want to run this at a convention because also white people would show up and I'd be like, please stop shitting on this. <laughs> yeah, that's Please true. stop ruining everything. That's true. That's true. I mean, so. white people, please stop ruining everything is at least a good mantra to have. Although I really want to make this clear. This game was made by uh, people of color. Yeah. Uh, we, made, we made that mistake with Haven. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> so nervous that you're going to make another mistake. Like I will that. not make another mistake. That is D and Dizzle. It is in Diesel. Sorry. Hang on. No. Diesel? Diesel. It's in it's Diesel a, Nuts. It's, a, it's in Diesel Jeans. Also, Diesel Nuts are in Diesel Jeans. It's also Vin Diesel. It's also The Diesel. One of the things I found surprising to be, there was so much of in this book, is Updog. <laughs> that is. It's very surprising that there was that much. Updog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also, just... I was really confused about the character Beauregard. <laughs> Who's Beauregard? Bo, regard these nuts. <laughs> it's my joke, but I love hearing it. <laughs> I, I know you do. That was just for you. Thank you. Ligma balls. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's been System Mastery. What we've got to do before we get out is talk to you about Gen Con, which is coming right up. Yeah, it's uh, less than a month now. Mm-hmm. We'll be at Gen Con. We've got several things that we are doing we have several things we're doing we have three different events and all three of them still have tickets although one of them has a single ticket available as of this recording that's and uh i'll I'll start with that one because i'm going to keep it short because only one of you is going to get it if you're going to be a gen con and you want to role play in a role playing game that john and i run which we basically role play one or run one game a year uh all you have to do is go to the Gen Con website and register for, for the System Mastery uh, live game. Uh, I, I forget what it's called. It's uh, it, it, it's called like Random or something. I'll, I'll post a link to our Twitter again for you. It's going to be one game from our library chosen at random. No matter how complicated the rules are, we're going to run to the table. You won't need to know anything. We'll do pre-gens. What we're going to do is write the adventure mm-hmm. and then randomly determine what thing we're going to run it in. That's the plan. And if it doesn't make any friggin' sense, oh well. It's going to be a complete and utter shit show, but there's one <laughs> ticket left. If, if we come up with an entire thing that's a noir detective crime thriller and roll Cinnabar, then by God, Live Emotion is definitely going to figure out who done it. They're going to have to solve a mystery, will that band of winged warriors? Uh, no, but we're going to figure it out. And I guarantee you, last year we ran a strike game, and it was the only strike game at the entire Gen Con. This year I'm going to try and do it again. If I could be the only person at Gen Con running a game, that makes me happy. Oh, yeah. There's, it is definitely, you know, outside of everyone running Pathfinder and D&D and PBTA, you will find us running some weird nonsense. Yeah, you, you, no idea what it's going to be. Will it be Raven Star, Silhouette Rouge? Who knows? Or Numenon, that's what that game's actually yeah, called. Yeah, you always call it the, the Silhouette the, Rouge. Which is just the house that the game takes place in. I don't know. I have, I have no idea what it's going to be. Promise Sands? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, could fifth, be that Bible RPG. Oh yeah, Testament D twenty. Uh, could be Fifth Cycle. We have no idea. None. If, and I don't know why we're selling this so hard because there's only one ticket left. I know. Uh, otherwise, we have two other shows. We're doing a live System Mastery uh, episode. We'll be reviewing WWE's D twenty Know Your Role, the wrestling role playing game. Yep. If you want to basically sit around and listen to us 
talk at length about wrestling and role-playing games at the same time, then boy, howdy, do I have something for you. Not only that, but our special guest is, in his own right, an amateur, soon-to-be-turned professional wrestler. We managed to load one of those guys up for this sort of thing. Yay. Uh, So we're going to be dressing up in wrestle costumes and just having a fucking good time talking wrestles. Hell yeah. So... That's just called System Mastery Live. Easy to find. Plenty of tickets left. Go get your se- yourself a ticket to it. Last but not least, Quizdom Mastery. This is something new we're trying. We're hope This is going to be the inaugural event of it. We're hoping it goes well and we can do it again and make it bigger and better every year. But we need your help to do that. It's a big fat quiz style panel quiz show uh, done live. We'll have uh, a bunch of podcasters for the hosts, the panelists on the quiz. We're going to ask them insane old D&D and RPG questions. Uh, We'll play a couple of special guest videos, and it's all just going to be laughy and goofy. Surprises, Mm -hmm. laughs, and all the proceeds go to charity. Yeah, they all go to Trans Lifeline. So so that's just our way of kind of giving back to a community that that needs help. and in order to do that, though, there need to be proceeds. So if you're <laughs> if you're going to be at Gen Con, look up the event Quizdom Mastery and stop on by. It's going to be a really good time. So uh, so show up and say hello. Indeed. Otherwise, go to Patreon and give us a dollar. There you go. That's yeah. the Patreon pitch. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Yep. We're going to make characters in Dean Dizzle. We're going to make bonus content characters, and you can get them if you're at the dollar support level. All right, folks. You can find us on Twitter, Gmail, Facebook, Reddit. We're all System Mastery. You can find us at SystemMasteryPodcast.com or Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Like what we do. Thank you so much for listening, and have a good week.